truth matters. Amen. And, um, you know, sometimes when God gives me a, a, a particular sermon, um, I don't know what the title means or I don't know why he takes me in the direction that he takes me in until I'm um, until service actually starts. And so now I see the need for this. Um, I see the need for this sermon on this morning. Amen. Truth matters. Amen. Um, in a family, truth matters. In a marriage, truth matters. Um, in churches, truth matters. And God was just, you know, as he was giving me this word, he let me see that we have a truth problem. Amen. When I say we, I'm talking to all of y'all. I'm talking to myself. A lot of times we have a truth problem. And what I mean by that, what God means by that is a lot of times we have a hard time telling the truth to ourselves. Right. Um, a lot of times we want to we want to focus on other people and we want to we want to tell the truth about them and what they are doing. But when it comes to us, we have a hard time seeing what's wrong in our life or what needs correcting. Um, and the truth that I want to talk about today is. It's this idea that. You know, God just owes us everything and we don't owe him anything. That's a lie. That is a lie. You were made to glorify him. You were made to, to, to give him praise. You were made to be in fellowship and communion with him. Um, and so, so much of what just took place doing, you know, praise and worship, um, so much of what just took place just is it, it like it, it, it just puts what I just said in bold for me. Um, a lot of us have a hard time getting out of our own way, right? We have a hard time getting out of our own way, um, but we come into the house with the expectation that God is going to do something for us. Um, But we won't move out of the way and let him do it. And so, you know, I'm I'm, I'm here today to let you know that the truth matters. Um, I think last Sunday, you know, I, I, I... I testified or I talked about a person who said, you know, I asked her what's holding her up. And she said, you know, she's trying to she's trying to get right first. She doesn't want to have one foot in the church and one foot out the church. And I basically just asked her, well, you know, you never going to come to church then because you never going to be all the way right. And so there there is a balance to that statement, even though that we're not going to be all the way right. God can use us right where we are and we should have a praise and a testimony every time we step into this house. Um, But the truth is we're selfish. Like the truth is we want our problems and we want things to get better and and we want God to do it because we smart enough to know, you know, if you, especially if you a church, a person that goes to church, you attend church, you know, there's something about God So you're smart enough to know that God is the answer, right? But we're selfish. We want God to just fix stuff for us and we offer nothing. And I'm not just talking about on a Sunday when you step in the house. I'm talking about through the week. I'm talking about through the week, our response to God through the week. A lot of times it's it's just lackluster and and we're selfish and we would rather make time for the things that we want to do. And then when it come when when it come to reading or spending time to, to you know spending time with God, then we got an excuse or it's hard all of a sudden and 
and we need help or we need prayer or we need we need somebody else or we need encouragement or we we just need 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 and our mind is always on what we need and what we want and we never think about what we give Amen. we never think about what we're giving and so I'm going to read to y'all first John the second chapter verses one through six y'all can remain seated because I'm in here now I'm, I'm, I'm where I need to be I don't know about y'all um John says, this is the first verse. He says, I'm writing this to you, my children, so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have someone who pleads with the Father on our behalf. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And Christ himself is the means, right? He's the means. He's the reason by which our sins are forgiven. And not our sins only but also the sins of everyone. If we obey God's commands, then we are sure that we know him. If we obey God's commands, then we are sure that we know him. If we say that we know him, but we do not obey his commands, we are liars and there is no truth. In us. If we say that we know him, but do not obey his commands, we are liars and there is no truth in us. But if we obey his word, we are the ones whose love for God has really been made perfect. This is how we can be sure that we are in union with God. Right? This is how we can be sure that we are in union with God. If we say that we remain in union with God, we should live just as Jesus Christ did. Just, we should live just as Jesus Christ did. Let me break that down. And I love what John is saying, and y'all got to read. I I, I kept repeating certain verses because I want y'all to understand that there is balance in the word. There is balance in the word. John starts off by saying, you know, I'm writing this so that you won't sin. But if you do sin, you got somebody that can plead your case. Right. You got somebody that can plead your case. Then he doesn't leave you in the dark. The second verse, he tells you who that someone is. He says, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the means by which your sins are forgiven, not just yours, but everybody. That lets you know everybody's in the same boat, that Jesus died for everybody's sins. Then by the third verse, he says, if we obey his commands, we're sure that 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 um we're sure that we know him. But if we don't obey his commands, then we don't know him and we liars. So that's found like that sounds pretty black and white. If you obey his commands, you know him. If you don't, you a liar. You say you know him, but you don't obey him. You a liar. Now, I just said I just told this whole story about the young lady who said, I want to I want to I want to get right before I come in. When, when you read those two verses, it seems like there is no in-between. You either right or you're not, right? But that's the reason for the first verse. That's the reason for the first verse because John is, is just letting you know that I don't. I, 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 hope, I will hope that you're not sinning, but if you do make a mistake, if you're not all the way right, you got somebody to plead your, plead your case for you. You got Jesus to make up the difference for you. So what is he really saying with them third and four verses about obeying God? 
Some of us are not, the, the point is, some of us are not concerned with keeping his commandments. Right? Not that you can keep them all the way. You don't have no concern with keeping them. And you might be saying, well, Pastor, I do be. I be trying. Well, how long, how long does it take? How long, does, how long do you have to try before you treat your wife right? How long do you have to try before you, keep, you treat your children right? How long you got to try before you, before you stop saying mean stuff to people? How long you got to? You, y'all see where I'm going with this? How long you got to try? And this, this is what John is saying. He says if we know him, we're going to keep his commands. Not that we're going to be perfect, but it's going to bother us so bad when we're not doing what he say do. It's going to bother us so bad that we're going to have to get right at some point. We're going to have to change. We're going to have to turn. We ain't going to be able to keep making the same excuses if we love them. Right? But if we just say, I, Lord, I know you, but we don't try to keep his commands, then you a liar and the truth is not in you. What you saying, Pastor, what I'm saying is God won't let you be wrong. If you wrong, that's just sin. God, the Holy Spirit won't let you be wrong. The Holy Spirit won't let you sit in your wrongness and you don't try to fix it. But if you sat in the Holy Spirit ain't never fixing your stuff, then you a liar. And the truth is not in you. The truth matters. Right? And this is how we can be sure that we are in union with God. When, when, when lies when wrong things bother us, when the truth matters to us, when you hurt somebody and you realize that, man, I did wrong, that's the truth. The truth is I did wrong. That's going to bother you. And you're going to go try to fix that thing. Not that you're perfect, but when you realize you done did something wrong, you're going to try to fix it. And that's how you know you're in union in Christ. When you always right all the time, you ain't in union with Christ. You're not. I thank God for my wife. I thank God for where we are in our marriage because we don't, we, she'll tell you, we don't always see eye to eye on stuff. But we get, we talk it out. We talk it out. And even when, and even when we don't, when, when we don't solve it in, in one night, we continue to talk it out because truth matters to us. Getting it right matters to us. We're not going to stop talking about it until we solve it, until we fix it. Or to somebody say, you know what? Let's just do this because I'm tired of it being this way. Y'all got to stop being petty. Life is too short. Amen. Not just in marriages. That's why I started by saying in family, truth matters. Stop being petty with your family. In marriage, truth matters. In the church, truth matters. On your job, the truth matters. And when, and when the truth matters to you in all of those arenas in your life, that's how you can be sure that you're in union with God. When you see evil, when you see wrong, you can't just let that ride. It's going to cause you to pray. It's going to cause you to hit your knees. It's going to cause you to have a conversation. It's going to cause you to do something. Am I telling you you can fix the world? No. But it shouldn't matter to you that the world is messed up. If we say that we are in union with Christ, we should live as Jesus Christ did, what did he do? He gave his life for the truth. 
And so my first thought is, I don't know how it's possible to, I don't know how it is, it's possible to tell the truth when you don't know the word. The Bible tells us that Jesus was the word made flesh. So if you don't know the word, then do you know Jesus? You know, last last Sunday, God gave us the title, you know, what is this? And I held that Bible up and I read to y'all about how the word is a, is a, is a double-edged sword, how it's, how it's alive, how it's active, how it, it cuts down to the, to the marrow, how it gets to the root of a thing, right? So if you don't know the word, how can you know Jesus? And so now tying this into this, like if you don't know the word, how can you know truth? We go through life and we going back and forth with people and we arguing. Well, tell me, what does the word say about your behavior? What does the word, like use the word to get to the truth in your own heart first, right? How are you going to have a conversation with somebody, tell them that they wrong or they out of order, and you ain't even evaluated yourself first to see if you in order, to see if the truth is in your heart, Right? How, how, if you haven't evaluated yourself to see whether you're speaking in love yet, how are you going to have an argument with somebody? You need to do that first. And the reason you need to do that first is because if you're wrong, guess what you're going to have to do? I would rather just be right from the beginning than have to go back and apologize and ask for forgiveness for hurting somebody. But we so quick to speak instead of listen. So in this church, in this body of believers, 3PD, and, you know, and then just in the global church, just in life, many of us are takers and, 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 and not givers. Well, what does the word say? What's the truth? God is a giver. Pastor Carter used to say you can't beat God giving. What does John 3.16 tell us? It says that God gave his only begotten son. That is the ultimate Example, you know, there's no no greater love than this than a man that lays down his life, right? The Bible tells us about giving, but most of the time we're takers. We just take, take, take. The question that we need to be asking, the question or the thing that we need to be doing, rather, is we need to be giving from others. That's the second commandment. You know, when they ask Jesus what's the great, he said, I got two. You know, thou shall have no other God before me. And then the second one was love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, if Jesus is telling us that, why is it so hard to put other people first? Why? That's the truth. You know, I I, I, I learned something early on from y'all probably, some of y'all know him, some of y'all don't. Elder Green. When I first started preaching, and I'd be up there, I'd just be up there going. And he said, he said, you know what? He said, you can tell how a man lives or whether a preacher is real by how his wife look at him when he preaches. <laughs> he said that. He said, if he just up there preaching and his wife looking like. <laughs> <laughs> right? The truth, it, it, it matters. And I think if you would ask my wife how I live, she'll tell you about how 
I'm willing to go last. I've even preached a sermon on that, how I'm willing to go last. You know, in, in material things and spiritual things, like I'm like I'm willing to go last for her. And when I and, and a lot of times, sometimes going last is also going first. And let me explain what I mean by that. I'm willing to I'm willing to go in first and take all of the licks so that she can get blessed first. And then I'll get my blessing on the back end last. That makes sense. And that's not because I'm just I'm just some good man that I was born like that. But if I say I love Jesus. But if I say I love Jesus, then the truth matters to me. What does what does the Bible tell me? The Bible tells me that I'm supposed to love my wife. Like Christ loved the church. That ain't me. That's the word. And then, you know, when you read after that, the word says, you know, husband, I mean, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. But you got to keep the thing. How can I, I learn that? How can I expect her to submit to me if I don't do what Jesus told me to do? The truth matters. Sometimes you don't get the response that you want out of life because you won't tell the truth. Tell the truth to get the response that you want. Right? If I want my kids to behave, then I got to tell the truth. The Bible say, don't provoke your kids to anger. If I'm provoking them and then they acting up, then I can't blame them. I got to, I got to look at me first. And so, so when I do have to whoop them, or I do have to get on them, my conscience is clear because I did what God told me to do. Yeah, we got to live the whole word, the whole word. We just take, take, take from people and God without considering what needs to be given back. And so I'm going to end with this. I'm going to end with this reading of Romans 12, 1 through 21. Yes, I said 1 through 21. <laughs> <laughs> Not one through three, one through 21. Y'all going to be all right. Y'all going to survive me reading this much. And we know that this is part of the, the foundation of this church. This was Pastor Carter's favorite scripture. It says, so then, my friends, because of God's great, great mercy to us, I appeal to you, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God. A living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. If anybody in here take a $20 bill out of their pocket and put it on the chair, it ain't going to get up and walk. What you mean, Pastor? Meaning, we think that material things demonstrate our love. I'm a good dad because I pay the bills and keep the lights on. No, that don't make me a good dad. Like that's I, I get up and I go to work every day to provide for my family. That alone does not make me a good dad. I got to be a living sacrifice. Right. And I think God's brought this to us in, a, in, in, another, in another sermon. I think it was the pastor sermon where he said the, the, the sheep need to see the shepherd die. Or be willing to, that the sheep need to know that the shepherd is willing to die for the flock. And it's the same thing in your house. We don't see nobody coming out and ministering to the shepherd. We see the shepherd ministering to the sheep. 
right? And then when we read in Psalm 23, so who take who taking care of the shepherd? That rod and I staff, they comfort me. Y'all making me to lie down in green pastures, right? My head running forward, all of those things. God will take care of you. And that's why I say I have learned that you got to, if, if you want to be great for God, and see, this is the truth part. Everybody want to be great, but nobody want to suffer. Everybody want to go to heaven, but don't nobody want to go through nothing. Right? Everybody want recognition, but you don't want to work. You want people to look at you and say, now that's a man of God, but you don't want to live like a man of God. Like, that's the truth of it. Like, this walk is not for the faint of heart. You have to put time, like we put time and effort and energy into all these other things, but why we don't put that same time, effort, energy, and devotion into loving and like into loving God? And I'm not saying, you know, if you've been at Bible study, you know we're not talking about just works-based salvation. That's not what we're talking about. Because we know that God also sets aside periods of rest where he takes care of us. Because he knows that we tired from working. But the whole point of this sermon is, how can I sit still and not strive to be better and say I love God? I used to tell my kids when I was in the classroom, and they be, they can be complaining about their grades. I was like, God ain't going to sprinkle no fairy dust on that elf. You're going to have to work. <laughs> like, you can't sprinkle no fairy dust and this elf going to change. To, like, you're going to have to work. Yes, to get the result that you want. So if you really care about this grade, you're going to put effort into what you're doing. You're going to study. You're going to learn. You're going to ask questions. You're going to show up to class. You're not going to keep skipping and making excuses. And then when it's test time, you expect in the past, but now you're mad because you can't graduate. No, you got to tell the truth. You got to be a living sacrifice. This is your true worship. Do not conform yourself to the standards of the world, but let God transform you inwardly by a complete change of your mind. Then you will be able to know the will of God, what is good and pleasing to him, and that is perfect. That's why some of y'all don't understand what you read and when you read it. Because you still want to think like you. Like you want to read the word thinking if I just open this up and read it, then something magically going to happen. But when you read it, you got to apply it to yourself. And when you apply it to yourself, it should show you how jacked up you are. And when you see how messed up you are, you should, that should make you say, God, I can't fix this by myself. I need you. I need you. And that, when you have that feeling in your heart, that's how you know you're in union with Christ. Stop thinking like the world. Stop thinking stuff are going to be easy or people owe you something. I stopped a long time ago trying to prove myself to other people. Right? I just went to, um, I get get so uncomfortable in situations where I got to be fake. And so what I mean by that, like just something as simple as I went to one of the little basketball games. You know, I work at an elementary school. I went to one of the little, little basketball games and you know, all the dads and everybody just rah-rah and dabbing each other up and like, I don't know, y'all. Like, I'm not about to be. I just want to I just came to watch the kids play basketball. I don't have to be down there dapping y'all up to prove I'm a man. Like, that ain't manhood. That's not manhood. 
how you, how you, I'll be wanting to know how y'all look. I want to see how your wife look at you. Right? I, I want to see how you respond when, when the going gets tough. I want to see how you respond when you got to go last. I want to see how you respond when stuff in your life not going right. That lets me know like what type of person you are. But the world tells us like this is how you got to be if you're going to be successful. Like you you got to you got to be on the in crowd. And not and not just in the not just in the in the, in the man sphere, but just a lot of times when I'm at principal's meetings or other meetings and folks says, you know, they got their best suit on. I'm like, how y'all working that? I got to have my sneakers on. Like I'm if I got to go pick up a child, I don't, I don't need the Stacey Adams on with my toes hurting. Like I, I need to, like I need to. How y'all? I'm like, how y'all working at? Oh, who, y'all don't dress like that on Monday and Tuesday, so you you just put that on because it's it's principal mean day, right? Like who you trying to impress? But the world tells you you that to be successful. That's not the truth. And because of God's gracious gift to me, I say. To every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you should. Who told you you always got to be right? Who told you you always got to be right? And I say that as as pastor, and what I mean by that, a lot of times people give me the benefit of the doubt of being right. But I reject that. I'd be like, say you're a liar. I know I'm not always right. And the reason for that is I'm not going to let none of y'all pump me up thinking I know everything. And then I turn around and I'm on my way to hell because I'm thinking I'm all that. I know I'm not always right. And because of that, I don't have a problem listening to somebody. I ain't going to just do what people randomly tell me to do. I still got a mind, but I'm willing to listen. And I, I thank God for I thank God for Brother Marcus. He and I had a conversation and he said that to me. I didn't have to say that about myself. He said, it's different over here. He said, you don't try to be the, the man and everybody got to be your little man. He said, most churches, you got the pastor, he trying to be the man and everybody got to do what he say. He said, you, and I'm paraphrasing, so y'all can ask him what he really said, but I think I got it right. But he said, he said, you just try to, you try to put everybody on. You want everybody to be their best person. I don't want the responsibility of, like, I already got a great responsibility. I don't want the responsibility of trying to be God. No, 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 I don't want that. Do not think of yourselves more highly than you should. Instead, be modest in your thinking and judge yourself according to the amount of faith that God has given you. We have many parts in the one body, and all these parts have different functions. In the same way, Though we are many, we are one body in union with Christ, and we are all joined to each other at different parts of one body. And y'all, this is the real reason why I'm preaching. Because as a body, that's why I say in a church, the truth matters. And that's why I say, how can you love God and things not matter to you? So I need y'all to see, yeah, a lot of y'all don't understand, or you may be used to a pastor that is not involved in your life. But when something is wrong with Esso, something is wrong with me. Like that thing don't sit right to me. If I know she, if I know she hurting, if she going through something, that don't sit right with me. Like I'm gonna have to preach. I'm gonna have to like 
And it's not even a, it's not even a, I'm a like, I, I'm, I'm going to take S side. No, it's not that. It's, it's I'm going to have to sit. I'm going to have to pray. I'm going to have to talk to S.O. I'm going to have to, I'm a, I'm, as Pat, I'm going to have to go to God. And if it's something that she's doing, I'm going to have to tell her. I can't just sit back and be like, I'm just going to watch it unfold. Because she part of the body. If that's my sister, if that's my daughter, like I got to say something. And so it's the same, like, so the same way, like, how can I say I'm her pastor or her godfather and, and you know, and there's no union or I'm, and there's no concern. And it's just, so that's what God was telling us back in James. It's like, if you in union with Christ, you're going to live Christ-like. There's going to be evidence of your love. So we are to use our different gifts in according with the grace that God has given us. If, if it is our gift to speak God's message, we should do it according to the faith that we have. If it is to serve, we should serve. If it is to teach, we should teach. And if it's to encourage others, we should do so. Y'all hear what God's saying? You know what he's saying? Do something. According to your what? Not, not, don't do what pastor do. He's saying do something according to your what? According to your faith, according to your gift. Whoever shares with others should do it generously. And then he says, don't be stingy with your gift. It's just like if I say, I ain't going to preach once a month. If God given me the gift to preach and I just say, I'm just going to preach once a month. Or I'm just going to talk to the people I like. I'm just going to pray for the ones I like. When y'all come up for the altar call, I'm going to be like, Mm-mm, I want that one. <laughs> no, he says use it generously. Whoever has authority should work hard. When God has given you something, you should, you, like, you should, you should like refine. I'm always, like, I'm always. And that's when my wife think, you know, when we was in Bible study and we were talking about faith level, and I was like, I'm, I think I'm rolling at about 75%. And everybody looking at me like, what? Pastor, 75%. If you're on 75, I'm on 30. But that's the thing. I never feel like I'm doing enough for God. I always feel like it's something like, because he's God, there's more to him. Then there's there's more glory. That means that I can do something better where he can get even more glory. And I feel like if I if I didn't have that feeling, if I was complacent, then something going wrong in my union with him. Right? Love must be completely sincere. And you can't just do it. Like you just can't fix the baby, the the um the, the waffles. What's the S um bear So you can't fix them the waffles and not and it not be a labor of love. You can't sing the songs and not love what you do. It has to be sincere. God won't move if it's not sincere. You can't usher. And not be genuinely happy to, to see the people when they walk through the door. It got to be sincere. I can't preach and it not come from a place of love. Taking it outside of the church. Like you can't just, you can't just go through the motions with your spouses or your kids. And it not come from a place of love. Love one another warmly as Christians and be eager to show respect for one another. Work hard and do not be lazy. Serve the Lord with a heart full of devotion. Let your hope keep you joyful. Be patient in your troubles and pray at all times. 
Share your belongings with the needy fellow Christians and open your homes to strangers. Ask God to bless those who persecute you. Yes, ask him to bless, not to curse. I tell y'all, when we got married, I went through all kind of range of emotion. But it was part of the process of growing up. You know, we would get in them arguments. They laughed for a week. Then they laughed. She went talk to me, Brother Moran, for a long time. I get mad, get out of the bed, go sleep on the sofa. I, or I, I go, I drive out to my mama's house or go to my cousin's house. Or, you know, I'm still, we, I still cook. I still pick up the key. I'm just going through the motions of, of everyday life. But we walk around in the house mad at each other, right? So it's like we 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 doing the everyday things that husband and wife do, but we mad at each other. Right? And so I had I had to I had to learn, right? I had to say, okay. At a certain point, I want and you can correct me, I want to say it took us about it took us about 10 years before. It took us about 10 years before we said, I'm going to love you better than you love me. We start competing. And by the time we got to Christmas, we were like, yeah, I got you this year. I got you. Remember, I, I, like, I, I got you this year. Like, try to make the other person feel bad because they didn't love as well. Because they didn't, instead of making them feel bad for what they how you hurt me or how you did this or how you did that. Like, I'm going to make you feel bad because you didn't love me as good as I love you this year. You need to step your game up because I'm winning. I'm a winner. I'm a winner at loving you. Right? And so, you know, I I, I thank God for laughter, but I that's, to me, that's what that 14th verse is. Like, now she was never my enemy, but you realize, like, Fussing and fighting is not going to solve the problem. Prayer is going to solve the problem. The truth is going to solve the problem. Getting to the root of your stuff, the word is going to start the problem. Right? Be happy with those who are happy. Yeah, okay. If, if, if I'm a bear, Trey is happy and I ain't got my breakthrough, I don't need to be bringing him down by looking sad. I need to be. That's you know what? That's awesome. Like I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. That shit. If, if God did it for you, God should do it for me. Amen. Weep with those who weep. When somebody loses a family member, I shouldn't just be like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, and I keep on walking like, like nothing happened. I should be there when they hurt, and that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Like, how can you be around these? How can you? I, I don't understand mega churches when you don't even know who you were in church with. How can I be in union with you and I don't cry with you and laugh with you and rejoice when you rejoice? Weep with those who we have the same concern for everyone. And you might be saying, Pastor, how can I do that? You can. It can be your desire for everyone to know Christ. That can be your desire for everyone to know Christ. And when God opens a door or gives you the opportunity to share Christ, or use your gift, you should do it generously. Don't be proud, but accept humble duties. Do not think of yourselves as wise. If someone has done you wrong, do not repay him with wrong. It took me a long time to get that. Try to do what everyone 
considers to be good. Do everything possible on your part to live in peace with everyone. Never take revenge, my friends, but instead let God's anger do it. For the scripture says, I will take revenge, I will pay back, says the Lord. The truth matters, y'all. The truth at the, the at the end of the track, the end of the day, the truth is, you really can't do nothing but trust God. You really can't do nothing but trust God. You worry about your job. What happens if you get in a car accident and you can't work no more? Right? At the end of the day, the only thing you can do is trust God. Instead, the scripture says, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them a drink. For by doing this, you will make them burn with shame. And so using that same example, that's how I, and you know, Scripture says it another way, but it's the same principle. When I was saying how we began to compete to love each other. You know, the Bible tells you that you're supposed to, to, to wash your spouse with the word. Right? You know, we come up to the altar and we say, God, take us higher or make us stronger or bless us. And, you know, we won't. We want holiness. We want him to sanctify us. But that's what we're supposed to be doing. What if God say, I'm trying to, but you won't listen to nobody. I'm trying to, I'm trying to sanctify you. I'm trying to take you higher. I'm trying to make you stronger, but you won't listen to nobody. You praying to me, asking me to do it. And I'm sending somebody to correct you. I'm sending somebody to preach. I'm sending somebody to teach Bible study. I'm even using little children to call you out. But you laughing at them. Oh, they so crazy. No. Right? What if what if what if that's him? And the reason for that is, you know, we take it as people criticizing us, but when somebody is giving us the truth and we in error, that shouldn't make us angry. That should make us get right. And that's how we know we're in union with God. I'm at the last verse, y'all. 21. We made it through. Do not, and this is the point. Do not let evil defeat you. Do not stop fighting other people and fight the enemy. How about that? Fight the enemy. Fight all them negative thoughts, all them things that he tries to make you think and feel towards people and situations that have your emotions all over the place and you all screwed up. Do not let evil defeat you. Instead, conquer evil with good. If you set your sights on God, right? If you set your, and I love the word, that's where it say conquer. They say you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Don't let evil defeat you. Instead, conquer evil with good. When something go wrong in your life, that should be the sign that you need to love God even more. That may seem crazy to you, but you can't tell me he won't bless you. You can't tell me. But the key is, you got to tell the truth. The truth matters. It's to you first. Don't don't leave here today saying, Mama, I got to tell you the truth. <laughs> I got to tell you the truth about what you did to him. I got to tell you the truth, Mama. No, start with you first. 
Start with yourself because the truth matters. Amen. Y'all come on and give the Lord a hand. <laughs> <for his word. laughs>